Relation NFL podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, every week we talk about injuries. Uh, our friend Kevin Seifert, our ESPN, our old colleague, put out a story today that five of the top 13 players on ESPN's preseason top 100 list are out for the year. And the latest is Aaron Rodgers, and that's a that's a gut punch for everybody, especially this show because we're we're such big fans. I mean, when's it going to stop? And it's just such a bummer, right? Yeah, it really is. And somebody smarter than us needs to figure out something, some way of trying to keep people a little healthier in the league. And I'm not sure how that's going to happen. A lot of big, strong dudes running into each other. Um, but I wonder, and I don't think the Rodgers thing would have been avoided. I mean, it, well, it could have been avoided because it's a potential penalty. But the I wonder if some of these issues stem from uh, not enough practice time, you know, with, with Achilles and strains and things like that. I mean, of course I have no clue. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But the, it, the, the epidemic right now is insane, and I think it's something that the NFL needs to put a lot of money to figure out, you know, some sort of solution. You know, I remember a couple months ago, I think it was maybe early preseason, you said this happens every year, and I agree that it happens every year. I don't know. So my point to this is, I don't know if there is a solution. And they're not going to go back to the old Bay where they work more. They're not. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. It's just such a, it's just such a, a, a gamble every week. And, you know, I, I've talked to players and coaches, and this is 15 years ago going back. I don't know how there's not some a major injury in every play, and they, I've, I've never gotten any argument with that with that question. You know, it's just it's just the way it is, and it's just to lose these Hall of Famer types. And, and to recap, those those five of the top thirteen on ESPN's list is Rogers, Watt, Beckham, Barry, and, and David Johnson. And who's it going to be next week? You know, I mean that's. That's my point, and so let's talk a little bit about the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. Um, and if it's not for the whole season, it's probably late December. Um, I was asked yesterday on a radio show, can the Packers compete in the NFC North? And I said, yeah, probably, maybe, but not certainly not for a Super Bowl run, which they were very much very much in the mix. What What's your thoughts there? I think we're going to see a couple things in that situation. The first one's the obvious, that all of a sudden I think we're going to look at the Packers roster and say it's average in terms of talent. You know, that Rodgers is the, the great locomotive that pulls the ship, and he's the, you know, the the, the ship that, you know, how they, what's the, the stupid saying I've been saying all week about this, about how, um, you know, the, the great ships rise all tides or whatever, you know, that he, right. he makes everyone around him so much better. It's going to become very obvious. Um, the other thing I think will happen, though, and, and this is kind of an encouraging thing, but I, I'm excited to see Hundley because I think Hundley's kind of in that Garoppolo mold where he's been stuck behind a star, a lot of ability, looks good in the preseason, um, the team is high on him. You know, they like him a lot. Impending free agent, and somebody might look at him and say, maybe he's our next quarterback. So this will be a great audition for him and will add to the crazy quarterback drama that's coming this offseason. 
But in the meantime, if Rodgers is out, I mean, it's different if he's out two months, but if he's out forever, I mean, for the season, I think they're absolutely done. Not to mention they just lost a division game to the, to the Vikings. I mean, this set up really well for Minnesota. But if he's out two months and they go three and four and somehow sneak in the wild card or something, I think they still got a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were four and six last year and, and made play and, and made it the title game. But I just don't. I mean, he's going to have surgery, so I just I, I would think the playoffs are probably the you know the earliest he gets in there. Um, so yeah. you do you think Hunley is going to be uh, at least serviceable? Yes, I mean I think if you give him the full week to prepare and you or, and you restructure the offense a little bit around what he does well. Maybe a little bit design quarterback runs here and there. Uh, I think he has starting traits. I think he has ability. I think he is kind of an under the radar name of someone that teams might be after this off season. And maybe he shows up and people look at him as Mike Glennon plus or Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Like bring him in, compete for the job. I'm not saying the Jags are going to cut Blake Bortles, sign this guy to 20 million, and he's going to ride off in the sunset, but I, I do think he's going to become a prominent name as a starter going forward around the league in some capacity. He looks the part. He's confident. Mm-hmm. He's gotten supreme guidance, or at least he's had the opportunity to get guidance, you know, from being behind Rodgers. Um, and he has been quoted as saying Rodgers has done a nice job of mentoring him. Um Maybe he has a shot, you know. I mean, those are all positive things. And what you, how do you think he looked in a in a tough situation in Minnesota against a good team with no, you know, no real warning time? Yeah, I mean, really good defense. I mean, I think we'll look back on the Vikings D and think it's one of the best in the league. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of unfair to judge him in that situation because, not to mention, once again they lost both their tackles. <laughs> you know, like. Right. Nobody mentions it because Rodgers makes everything happen, but they lose maybe the best pair of tackles in the league <laughs> and two Hall of, or not Hall of Fame, but two borderline Pro Bowl type guys. I mean, that's an extremely valuable asset that's been gone, and, and you know those guys are still banged up. They're gonna have to get back to running the ball. I don't know if their defense is good enough to carry them more than it ha- you know than it'll, as much as it will need to. Um, I'm excited to watch Hundley, but my hunch is things aren't gonna go well for Green Bay. Um, yeah. Real quick, you, you probably recall the tweet I sent out, but I'm not sure the whole audience did. Right. What were you doing in 1992? We can't talk about that. Those records are sealed. <laughs> <laughs> Top secret. That was a long time ago. I was, yeah. I was, I was a freshman I was at Pitt Johnstown. Yeah, I was, I was a freshman in college. Yeah. Well, well since yeah. that time, the Packers – have either had Favre or Rodgers as their starting quarterback for all but nine games. That's one of the most yeah. remarkable things I've ever heard. There's people listening. There's probably many people listening to this that weren't born in 1992. And, yes. and they're like, God, they're looking at themselves going, God, I'm kind of old, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's nine unbelievable. games. And go back to the Green Bay Packers and compare that, you know, like 23 since – 1999 or whatever it is, 27. Oh, it's yeah, unbelievable. It, it, 
Yeah, it's the the Packers quarterbacks are the Steelers coaches, you know. Right, right. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's just well, good one and follows another one. Packers, I mean, yeah, and and seven of those games were because Rodgers was hurt, so there was no, no real gap there. And one of no, them was no. a Matt Flynn mackup, uh, you know, uh, a Matt Flynn uh, mop up game. So, yeah, just incredible. Right, well, that, that's what healthy. happens. That's what happens when you have an Iron Man at quarterback and then you're smart enough to draft his replacement and be patient. And, you know, I mean, the San Diego Chargers have a have a really long streak, too, that nobody talks about. Breeze to, Breeze to Rivers. And, that, and that's, that's, that's 16, 17 years now. Yeah, that's an, certainly an enviable position for them, too. And, I mean, maybe, the, you know, it, the, the, the Packer one's the most unbelievable thing I've ever heard. But you're right about Chargers. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive as well. I mean, great players. It's it's just I, I think that is the ultimate team model to follow that model. It's nearly impossible, but achieve to you know really strive to get that model. You know, I, I think the Saints should should you know think about that, and maybe and maybe the Patriots are on that track as well. You know, Garoppolo may have to wait, but that is the model to success. Is that consistent franchise quarterback play? But it's near impossible. Yeah, I mean, obviously easier said than done. And I'm sitting here thinking, both those teams, the Chargers and the Packers, may have drafted a guy a year or two too early. You know, Favre wasn't a bad mm-hmm. player when they drafted Rodgers. Breeze was not a bad player when they drafted Rivers. You know, and there was injury situations, but it's now when you look at the Giants, Cardinals, Steelers, Chargers. It might be too late, you know, because by right. the time the guy you draft a guy, you needed them a year ago. Right, and, and the and the Colts are on that track, but you know, Luck's injuries are kind of screwing up those those numbers. But it, that was a dip, that was complete luck, no pun intended. You, you know, Peyton gets hurt, decide that got to move on, get the number one pick, get a franchise guy, and and, it, and it's still working out. I, I, Luck is a great player. Hopefully, he gets on mm-hmm. the field. Um, what what do you think of Brissett? I mean, do they flip him, or could could anybody be interested in him as a starter? Yeah, I think that's a great segue, kind of from the Hundley situation, because mm-hmm. I look at Brissett and think, first of all, I know Belichick's super smart, and I know they only wanted to keep two quarterbacks, but I mean, to give away a potential NFL starting quarterback that's done nothing to show you differently. For Philip Dorsett, I mean, why not just keep him and eat the roster spot? Or I, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like you let a premium asset go. And I'm not saying Brissett's going to be a, a pro bowler, but I think if we've watched enough of them that I can make an argument that he should be in the running for a starting job somewhere next year. I mean, if I'm the Colts, I would field offers, assuming you, you trust Luck to stay healthy. And I would think you could turn him into a second-round pick or maybe more. I don't know. I mean, I think he's got a lot of ability. I like his poise. He's a good athlete. The more I watch him, the more I like him. And he was good in that when he he played very minimally for the, for the Patriots, but he was good when he played for them as a rookie, right? Absolutely. I mean, it was, I think he only played two games, and the first one was better than the second. But, you know, still, I mean, he was thrust in there as a third-string quarterback. But I think he's, you know, I think we're, we've talked about this a lot already, but I think it's going to happen over and over that we're going to keep bringing up these names saying, 
boy, maybe he changes teams and Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford and Keenum. You know, like just uh, there's oh our February shows are oh they're gonna be great. Yeah, our February February shows are gonna be quarterback dominant, and it's gonna be great, and it's gonna be fun, and and it's gonna be legit, unlike uh, right. other years. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for example, I mean, maybe we're even going there, but what if C.J. Beathard looks great the rest of the way? You know, I mean, he played well on Sunday. If he looks great the rest of the way and the Niners don't go get Kirk Cousin and they have the second pick in the draft and they trade it to Jacksonville or somebody that wants a quarterback. And, you know, there's there's just so many scenarios where a handful of these young guys could be impressive enough that they get in the conversation or – what if Teddy Bridgewater becomes a starter in Minnesota two weeks from now and looks great? Or you know, I mean, all kinds of exciting yeah. things. Yeah. One one thing on Brissett, um is are you ready to say that Belichick made a mistake, or is the or is there a part looming over you going, maybe Belichick still knows something because he wouldn't make a mistake? Well, I mean, maybe I'm undervaluing Philip Dorsett because they were really light on wide receivers at the time. And clearly they wanted them wanted to transform into more of a downfield passing team. And which is why they, you know, they brought in cooks and, um, and I know their receivers were really banged up at the time. And a lot of people are telling me that, well, the Patriots were going to cut Brissett anyways, they always only keep two, yeah, but that doesn't mean you just – I mean, all those things are fine. All those things are, are real. But you don't get rid of a potentially good quarterback. I mean, there are just not enough of them in the world. Right. Right. And another point I want to make before we move on from these quarterbacks is um, do you think there's this – like, Beathard came in and played pretty well. Do you think the quarter an unknown quarterback has a temporary – advantage over a defense if the defense is not prepared for him, right? On the in, or an injury or a switch. Like, here's my – in addition to Beathard, a couple weeks ago, Broncos were just pounding Derek Carr in the offense. Derek Carr gets hurt. E.J. Manuel comes in and has some temporary success, and he's still E.J. Manuel. Last year, the Broncos, uh, after Carr gets hurt, McGloin starts against the Broncos in Week 17. McGloin gets hurt early. Connor Cook comes in, plays for the first time as an NFL player against that Denver defense and has some quick success. And then the next week, Connor Cook stinks because a team has a whole week to prepare for him. E.J. Manuel was so-so against um, Baltimore last week after they had a full week. Maybe that happens to Beathard. I mean, is that something? Does the quarterback have a quick advantage in a – maybe in a half a game. Yeah, I think a lot of the time, assuming that it's someone that comes into the game that's prepared, you know, I mean, sometimes a young guy gets thrust in there and doesn't belong yet, you know, and and then just doesn't have a chance to succeed. But it's almost like the pitcher analogy. You know, you you bring a guy up from the minors, he pitches every five days, and for a month, you know, he's got an ERA around two. And then people start watching him and go, dude doesn't have a curveball and then he's getting rocked a month later you know like sometimes it takes a while to figure out the the book on him and the tendencies yeah exactly i mean that that, that's kind of my point and uh so i'm interested to see how bether does you know a guy who's a 49ers pick in the third round and a lot of people thought was a fifth rounder 
Um, yeah. But maybe he's Shan- maybe he's Shanahan's guy. Maybe he's a good fit for Shanahan. We'll see. Right. I mean, apparently they love them, and yeah. he is a smart guy and orchestrates the offense and has some ability. We'll see. I mean, it'll be an interesting test. But unlike the Browns, I hope they're smart enough to put their youngster in and live with the peaks and valleys. Right. Right. Um, you know, we lost our last undefeated team, but there's only two one-loss teams in the league right now, um, the Eagles and the and the Chiefs. And I saw some stat like 25 teams are within a game of first place. Um, wow. It is, I mean, it is a jumbled mess, and it's it's kind of fun, you know. I mean, these last three, four weeks have been really wild weeks, and the 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 quality may not be as high as where we hoped or were used to, but I mean, the drama is high, isn't it, around the league? Yeah, I, I think that's true, and, and I do think the NFL wants this. I think they want parity to some degree. I think it makes our job harder, <laughs> you know, like. Who's good? Who's really good? I'm not sure. You know, and I know nobody cares about my power ranks, so to speak, but I'm doing power ranks after we hang up here. And the only thing I'm certain of is the Browns deserve to be 32. I'm not even sure who should be 31. I'm not positive who should be one. I'm going to put the Chiefs at one still, but they got beat up pretty good this this past week at home. I I mean, and then who's second? (laughs) I mean... Uh, let alone the middle where everybody's the same. Even the end. I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to be elementary here, but I think the two one one lost teams are the best teams in the league right now. I, I really like the Eagles. I'm really liking the Eagles, and I still like the Chiefs. The Chiefs have had a hell of a run. This is a tough six week schedule they had. I mean, oh, they yeah. played one good quarterback after another, and including um, the I'm Eagles. I'm okay with them being five and one. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's a highly successful season after six games. Pittsburgh's not a pushover team. The, the Steelers always play Kansas City really tough. And I'm with you. I have done them, and Chiefs are going to be one, the Eagles are going to be two. But am I confident that the Eagles are the second-best team in football? I mean, not really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm high on them. I've been high on them since the preseason. You know, I, I think two games last uh, on Sunday really kind of highlighted what the NFL is, and it was the Steelers' win at 5-0 and Kansas City, which is always a tough place to play no matter whether the Chiefs are good or not. And, you know, after, I mean, the Steelers are as low as they can be, you know, Ben's through the five interceptions, everybody's questioning them, and then they go and they're the better team in Kansas City. And then the New York Giants, 0-5 New York Giants, right. banged up New York Giants, go and slap the Broncos, who've been good, in Denver on Sunday night football. I mean... I think you could throw in the Dolphins going to Atlanta and winning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that offense was so dismal going into that game. And they they somehow snuck out of there with a win. But yeah, you're right. They're dismal for the first half. Right, right. But the Giants-Denver one's a great example, too. You know, like, we all thought the Giants would be pretty good this year. And then disaster strikes and they and they to their credit i mean they were what oh and five or oh and four and lost a lot of tight games you know they weren't getting blown out they didn't look terrible but they were emerging with losses and then odell goes down and there are many receivers and you're looking at denver like who, how are they ever going to score on the broncos in denver and they suck it up and they played really well and denver didn't 
Right. Yeah. I mean, my wife plays the little football card, you know, of course, for uh, entertainment purposes only, of course. And <laughs> she takes the Giants. And I'm like, you're nuts. You're nuts. They're going to lose, you know, they're going to lose like three points. 40. But they're yeah. being given 12. I don't care. You're, you're nuts. I've been hearing about that for 48 hours. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me very happy that my wife doesn't know what a first down is, so we never have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, you should. It was, cool. it was cool for the first three months, the last 24 years. Right. Right. I don't want to hear about every time I'm wrong on a prediction. <laughs> right. they're, they're often. Man, the uh, the Patriots dodged a bullet, don't don't you think? I mean, if they would have lost that game, they're down fourteen nothing, three and three. The the Jets would be four and three. I mean, I think the Patriots really may have. I don't want to be over dramatic and say they saved their season, but but they may have changed the narrative of their season with that comeback win. I mean, just like you said, imagine if they lost. You know, like. Yeah. You know, as of right now, the only thing anyone's talking about from that game is, boy, Safarian Jenkins got screwed. That's a dumb rule. How did they? Why would they make that call? As opposed to, if if a bounce or two goes different in that game, boy, the Patriots might not make the playoffs. <laughs> you know, the Patriots are doomed. Is Brady done? Should Belichick retire? You know, the world's falling. You know, and, and you're right. And imagine if they lost. And and. Down fourteen nothing, so I, I think that was a real significant win for them. Um, now segue to the, the Falcons, who they play this weekend, and the Falcons are have to go into this week talking about a twenty-eight-three choke job on the heels of another choke job, and they've lost two in a row, giving up big lead. What should we think of the of the Falcons? Um, is Matt Ryan missing Shanahan? I mean, should we be worrying about the Atlanta Falcons? I think you need to throw in, too, that they probably should have lost to the Bears. Right. You know, I mean, the Bears aren't terrible, but, you know, Super Bowl champs go into one of the worst teams in the league, and they almost lose that game. Um, I think some of it, the writing was on the wall, that the offense had to regress. You know, I mean, they could have hired Bill Walsh, and I think the offense would have regressed. That Shanahan gets a ton of credit, and deservedly so, but... Nothing went wrong for that offense last year. <laughs> you know, I mean, no turnovers, hardly any injuries. Ryan plays his best year. I'll put a chip down for sure that that's the best season he ever has. And that doesn't mean he's a bad player, but when we look back in his career, we're going to say 2016 was his best year. I mean, that was a great year. Um, and I do think people have caught up a little, and I think the coaching's probably a little worse. Um, I don't have a great answer for that, though. You know, like – it's not like they have this one glaring thing that, boy, they can't run the ball or quarterbacks falling apart or, you know, like what's the one thing you would correct for them to get them back on track? And one thing that kind of stands out is they need another pass catcher besides Julio. You know, they've had some injuries and even Julio hasn't been quite as dominant that and, and overall they're not making the big plays like they did last year. But last year was an unsustainable rate too. Are you, are you like? Can they get back to the Super Bowl? Or, or can they be a playoff factor? Yeah, tough division. I think that's the toughest division in the league. And a team like the Saints is kind of quietly looming there now too. 
I picked Carolina to win that division, and I still think they're the best team in the division, and losing to the Eagles doesn't change my opinion on that too much on Carolina. Yeah, NFC Thursday tough. Night, you know. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, they were home, but still. Um, NFC's tough. I mean, if the Falcons were in the AFC South, I'd be like, ah, they'll be fine. But, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they could be 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. I mean, that's kind of how they're playing right now. It's like a 9-7 and seven type yeah. of team. Yeah. I want to talk about the Saints. Their defensive play has played better. I know they ended up giving up 38 points, but it was all they were winning 45 to 10, so that was garbage time, and they shut out the Dolphins in their last game. If this Saints defense can get it together, be just not a detriment, I think the Saints can be a, a, a looming factor in the NFC. I do too. I mean, I don't know that they're a Super Bowl contender, so to speak, but I could see them being nine and seven and winning a playoff game or hosting a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, you know, the offense is always going to be there. Um, I think their running game's really good. The offensive line's getting healthier, and they put so many resources into the defense, especially the secondary. It's starting to pay off. You know, like I think all of us just say, "Oh yeah, they use another first round pick on defense. It won't matter. Saints stink." But Latimer's a really good player. And overall, the defense is now respectable, which is all we've ever really wanted from that side of the ball. It was just don't be right. the worst defense in the league. Right. You know, we never talk about Drew Brees, and he just keeps going and going and going and going and doesn't show many signs of, uh, of you know, it being in the the end. And we talk, he, he's kind of in the between, you know, because Brady's 40, Rodgers is the best guy right now, and he's like 33, and then there's guys who are showing signs of falling apart. Well, real signs of falling apart. Big Ben, Eli, and and Rivers. So we have a lot to talk about, but we never talk about the 38-year-old guy who's showing little signs of slowing down. Right, right. And he's older than the Eli generation. And, you know, we're talking about how that, that class is falling apart, but Breeze just keeps on trucking and playing at a Hall of Fame level. And, I mean, if we would – I think we could agree – that if you're ranking all the quarterbacks in the league, Rodgers and Brady are on their own tier. I mean, is that safe to say? Sure. But I can yeah. – he's number three. I mean, who's a better quarterback than Drew Brees besides those two? He's still great. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the ultimate testament to him that nobody's talking about him much because we're just used to right. it. Yeah, I think that's a good point, you know, like – it's we, we we he's kind of take it for granted. Like, oh, he's gonna throw for a bazillion yards and a million touchdowns, and they'll probably be eight and eight. And oh well, you know. But he's yeah, just I, great every week and every year. I think it was at their bye week. I was just doing something. I looked at his stats. I'm like eight inter- eight touchdowns, no interceptions. God damn, <laughs> you know. And, and, I, and I haven't it. heard a word about him. Right. Like, why isn't he in the MVP conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Let's stick with we're, – we're wrapping it up here soon. Uh, let's stick with the that division. Tampa Bay, my Super Bowl team, and I'm okay with them stinking. I'll, I'll take – you know, I'll take a wild swing for the fences. But they should be better, right? Tampa? Yeah. Yeah, this week was ugly too, and it got away from them early, and then it was just Peterson all day. Winston got hurt though too. But they came back, on, at least on the scoreboard, and made it a respectable showing, but they were never in the game. Doug Martin's now back, and I like how he's looking. But to answer your question, yes. 
I mean, I think a lot of us were excited about them and thought they could be top 10, top five team, maybe in this league, maybe. Um, you know, yeah, Winston, Winston, an MVP candidate. Yeah, right. Now they have Deshaun Jackson, pair, pair with Evans, and I mean, I still think their season's far from over. Their pass rush is a problem, and they've had a lot of front seven injuries, a lot of defensive injuries overall. So maybe they can get things back on track. I'm not ready to flush them down the toilet quite yet. But they're in a tough division, you know. Right, right. And they're probably fourth right now if you're doing a power ranks in that division. You know, teams that you usually get high on going in in an off season are the teams that arrived a little early the year before. You know, the Raiders in 215, um, and, and Tampa Bay and the Titans were those teams last year. Maybe the Titans are going to be good. But that's why I like Tampa Bay. They arrived early, but they looked like they were better last year than they are this year. Yeah, but, and, and yeah, it goes I mean, without saying with all those teams, you have a young quarterback that's getting better that you're excited about. You know, same reason I was excited about the Eagles. Um, yeah, and, and I believe Winston's for real. I believe Mariota's for real, Carr, all these guys. But sometimes we put the, the, the cart in front of the horse, too, with some of these quarterbacks, thinking that in year two, year three, they're going to be Rodgers and Brady and Breeze. I mean, it's just right. – it, 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 you know, they're going the right direction. It just – it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I mean, ideally, it's a 15-year process, or at least a 12-year process. Yeah, like I look at Matt Stafford and people. You know, he was a first overall pick, and I think he's progressing like a first overall pick should. You know, he's the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the league right now. Gets a little better every year. Some people are probably like, "Well, he's not good enough. He should have been better. He's really talented. He's pretty darn good." You know, I mean. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Probably not. You know, is he ever going to win a Super Bowl? Maybe. But, it, you know, it, he's progressing like a first overall pick should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned a guy in the, who played Tampa Bay this week, Adrian Peterson. It kind of blows me away that he had 100, what, 134 rushing yards. It's kind of remarkable. And, it, you know, it his is. first he game in good. Arizona. And, yeah. And I'm rooting for him, to be honest with you. I mean, I didn't yeah. want to see him at the end of his career looking terrible. And as long as – the whole key with them, though, is if they're down by 10, Peterson's going to be holding his helmet on the sidelines and Ellington's going to be catching passes. So they got to they got to stay in front of folks. So do you think yeah. that was an anomaly? Do you think he still can do that if, if a team commits to him? Um, That might be his best game of the year. But I do think he's – I've been saying this all off season. It's usually for fantasy purposes. I don't think he's done. You know, and even watching him the little I saw him this year, I think he's still a good player. I mean, I think he's a starting caliber back as a runner. Obviously, in today's NFL, he doesn't fit in as well as you'd like as a receiver. Um, The key with him – the key with that team right now is their line. And the line's really bad. And even like Palmer. Palmer had a great game. But – and he does that. Like, you know, Palmer to me isn't falling apart as much as a guy like Eli is. He just needs to, he needs to be protected. And if he isn't, he's got no chance. And they haven't protected him. But if you have Peterson and you can establish a ground game on first and ten, second and six, you know, and then take shots off play action there, then you're killing two birds. You know, you're, you're actually having a running game. And then you're taking deep shots to John Brown. They got Larry deeper than usual this year. 
and the, the offensive line isn't exposed so badly mm-hmm. in protection. Right. So you, you think Pearson can make a little hay in Arizona in under the right circumstances? Yeah, and I think we'll look back on the trade and say, that was a good move by Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And and a nice move by the Saints too, you know. Yeah, because it never made sense him going there anyway. Yeah. So I mean, they're always at the top of the league in terms of running back receptions every year. Right. And the other two guys are better than him. Kamara's really good. Right. Yeah. Let's close the show with a signing. Navarro Bowman goes, to, you know, from one Bay Area team to the other. Does he have anything left? I mean, I, I've done a lot on in the last, you know. 24 hours, and it seems that, you know, some people think that he can still help in the running game, but certainly not in the pass coverage game. And, you know, but his days are are certainly numbered because of the injuries. Hey, I covered that 2013 49er team that went to the championship game in Seattle. And his season was one of the best by a defensive player I've ever seen. And he got hurt in that championship game, and he hasn't been the same since. No, you're right. And Unfortunately, I don't think he'll get the credit for having as great a career as he really did because playing next to Willis, he got overshadowed a little bit when they were an unbelievable pair. But I love the signing. I mean, you're close close to the Raiders. I mean, I think their linebackers are as bad as any position group on any team in the league. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Right, you know, I mean. And they knew it. That's what's ridiculous. And they knew it. They that, don't do anything about it. Yeah. It was it was this case in February, and it was this case, you know, in April after Brianzi, this case in May after the draft. It was this case in September 2nd after the waiver wire, and they did nothing about it. Right. You and, know, and I mean, I understand, like, yeah. the Giants have done that for years. They invest in defensive linemen. They invest in secondary. They ignore the linebackers. And if you're going to ignore somebody in the defense, fine. Ignore the second level. But to the level that the Raiders did is mind-boggling. I mean, is Perry Riley a great player? No. But when they brought him in last year, he made a difference. You know I mean? Like, he, at least he's an NFL linebacker. And I think Bowman can be that guy for them. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy that Bowman has fallen that far that he's, you know, going to – He's probably better than Perry Riley. But yeah. But yeah, same idea. Um, at least you get a guy that is a NFL starter, where they don't really have an NFL starting linebacker. You know what drives Raider fans crazy is that their general manager Reggie McKenzie was an NFL linebacker. Their head coach Jack Delio <laughs> was an NFL linebacker. Their defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr. was an NFL linebacker. And Good it one. just drives fans crazy that those three guys can't get linebackers or try. Like you said, yeah, yeah. I mean, Markel Lee was a fifth-round pick, and he was like the instant starter. You know, it's right. like, guys, you, we know this story. We know what's going to happen. You did this with Ben Heaney. You did this with Naron Ball. We know what's going to happen. Unless you invest into a real quality, either a high pick or a solid free agent, you're going to have this revolving door over and over again. And only and, one would yeah. be fine. You know what I mean? Like – draft, you know, a first or second round every down linebacker, and then we won't have this conversation for the next eight years. Yeah. And, you know, and 
they had their shot at Ruben Foster. And That's what I was thinking. Conley yeah. instead, and it hasn't worked out yet. Maybe it will, but I think I think the 49ers taking Ruben Foster is definitely going to work out. Like right now, if you were McKenzie, you would trade Conley for Foster. Yeah, and the 49ers wouldn't. You right. Know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Do you see the – let's end the show. Do you see the Raiders getting out of their funk? I mean, it's four games now, and, and the offense is just – it's become as dink and dunk – doesn't know who it is. Mess. And it's I not because like... of Carr's injury. It was before Carr's injury, and he was hoping enough to play. So it's not because he was injured. Um, I don't think the defense will ever fix itself this year, and and I think it'll be a bottom five to ten defense all year. And maybe I'm wrong, and you probably watched the game much closer than me. But I got the feeling that they called that game on offense to protect Carr, that we don't want to take deep drops. We don't want Bosa and Ingram beating up on Carr, coming back. Um, get the ball out of your hands super quick. And, and that's a lot of their play design anyway. I don't I don't think they're as well yeah, coordinated. Yeah, they're taking the least they deep shots. At... Of anyone, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and, according to pro, pro Football Focus, they're taking the least really? shots of anybody, and it sure seems that way. Yeah, and they used to bring in six linemen and max protect and take their shots then, you know, and I'm not sure that the coordinator change was a good one. What on earth has happened to Amari Cooper? To me, that's the biggest mystery of the whole team. Yeah, but yeah, his is the most pronounced for sure, but none of them are having a great year. I, I, think, the, no, right. I think the offensive line is having a better year than people think. It's just not a number one offensive line right now. And and, and that's the you know. Yeah, and, and Lynch, I I didn't want to be a party pooper. I really didn't because I think, you know, Raider fans get pissed at me enough. But and and I and I'm not I don't want to boast either, but Lynch is doing what I kinda thought Lynch was gonna do. Mm-hmm. Just kind of be moments. Yeah. I mean thirty one year old running backs don't come out of retirement after retiring because they're injured and and have 15-yard, 100-yard seasons. It, it, that just doesn't usually happen, you know. And Especially his style look, where, I mean, for him to do it, he needs 25 carries a game. And they don't even want to do that, you know. They want right, to, right. Like, like it doesn't add up. Yeah. I mean, it was – I get it. The One of the reasons why the Raiders – did this, and the only reason why Marshawn did it is because it was, it's Oakland, and the Raiders were, right. you know, they're 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 a lame duck team. They're going to Vegas, and they that was one of the reasons it was kind of a goodbye kiss to the Raider fans to bring back this local legend. Well, okay, and they don't have a ton invested in it. It's not like they gave up a first round pick for him or something. No, no, but I think a lot. I think people expected too much. I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. Because of the brand name and how good he used to be and great offensive right. line. And let's take him right. in the second round of my fantasy draft and he's going to run like crazy. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Oh, but I mean, fans are, uh, fans are going crazy for Navarro Bowman. And I, I think it's just because, you know, if the Giants, I don't know if the Giants had, the Giants didn't have a need at center, but if the Giants were to sign Nick Mangold after the Jets cut him, Probably right. would have been excitement there because your your city rival 
there was a guy that we've heard of before, you know, that was really good one. So that's why I think Raider fans are excited because he was a good Niner and they, and they know it, but I don't think they realize that he, he wasn't a good Niner when he was released. Right. You, you saw a lot of Bowman jerseys walking around your hometown for years. Right. You know? I mean, like yeah. he's, a, he's a household name. Right. Yeah. So anyways, but hey, good show. Um, I expect to talk about more craziness in week seven. Hopefully no major injuries, but I don't know if that may be uh, naive to say. (laughs) Hopefully you're right. Good show, man. Yep. Cool, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody.